and gentlemen, welcome back to Reeling the Peers. My name is Guy O'Brien. I am joined this episode by my good friend Lily Nolan, and we are here to discuss the 2019 indie film Booksmart. Lily Nolan, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Gary. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm glad we got you back again. I'm glad you've decided to return. I'm honoured to have been chosen again, to have remade the cut. I didn't do so badly the first time that, like, we're not even friends anymore. All good signs. Yeah, like, look, it was a hard process to choose uh, who to come back, and statistically everyone will. But look, (laughs) you're here now. I feel so special. We we got we got call outs from our from our good friends fans in uh, in Poland and Chile and Canada. We're all like, get Lily Nolan back, and 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 to those people in Poland, Chile, and Canada for listening, we say thank you. Do we have list? Do you have listeners in all those places? <laughs> yeah, That's I mad. checked the stats. I checked the stats, and it was like Chile, Poland, Canada, like, one, like in one in each. Yeah, it's like one in each. And there's one in the United States who I know. I Shout out to Alice, our international uh, American, uh, Alice and Dan, our, our US listeners. Our known US listeners, you know. Our known, yeah. uh, just they're from day one, I say. <laughs> Hardcore fans. Exactly, exactly. Right, okay, so I guess this week or this episode, we're going to talk about a movie I don't think many people would actually know that much about or have seen before, but it's came out in 2019. It's like an indie movie. It's directed by Olivia Wilde, who originally was an actress, and yeah. this is her first directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most, if one of the most interesting things about this movie that I found out anyway, was that it won the Spirit Awards, which is like the Oscar equivalent for independent films, but it won Outstanding Movie Wide Release. And in that category as well was movies that are probably well more, uh, are much more known, like Rocketman, Judy, Downton Abbey and Bonshell, and this one. So I think people should go watch it. I agree. People should definitely go watch it. I really liked it. Um, like way more than I thought. It's one of those movies that, not that I hadn't heard of it, like someone, everyone knows someone who's definitely seen this movie and has told them to watch it because it's great, but they didn't see posters for it everywhere, so they never took it upon themselves to watch it. Only... Only for Amazon Prime, having an extensive selection of movies. <laughs> and what I was—I just want to make very clear. I made it clear in episode one. I'm going to make clear now. There are other streaming services provided. Yeah. We are not sponsored by Amazon Prime. We are not sponsored by Amazon Prime. I pay for my Amazon Prime on whatever subscription subscription renewal date. <laughs> just like just like you regular folk at home. Look, when you can. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into a whole select. When you become a Spotify published podcaster, sometimes things are just a little easier. Sometimes things are the exact same, although Monday evenings become less available. Yeah, Monday evenings, like my diary is packed. Monday evenings I have a podcast. Immediately I have no more plans. But yeah, it was great. And I like, so Wikipedia calls this movie um, a coming of age buddy comedy. And that's obviously very well established genre. But it's completely, like, it's a sort of a female take on it. Directed by a woman. It's actually written by a team of four women, which I discovered today. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like, it got passed around. It was on, do you know, do you know what The Blacklist is? Yeah, 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 yeah. For our... But for, but for, our, but for our podcast <laughs> listeners, do you care to explain? Well, The Blacklist is like, from what I understand, it's like a list of sort of scripts or, or I, not finished scripts, but screenplays and scripts in circulation that... Um, haven't been made but seem great is what I kind of have like no one's really 
picked it up and really run with it yet but there are a lot like they've got a lot of positive feedback i guess um if i'm incorrect you can fill me in there no no that's that's exactly it so yeah it's just okay. basically movies it's just scripts that are kind of going around hollywood and like no one's picked up on it yet and it's kind of there like that people are aware of. but like i think there there are a lot of well-known movies on it like just for example alone like i'm picking things i just looked it up like I, Tanya, Late Night, The Post. I think Whiplash was also another one on it. Spotlight yeah. was one. So like, this, it's easy. It's it's quite a well-regarded list of uh, of movies. But yeah, it's like it's one of those scripts that was floating around. I didn't know this was on it as well. That's cool. Yeah, I know. I read about that, and um, it's kind of I suppose to explain the plot very quickly. As I said, it's a coming of age buddy comedy, but it's two girls. They're graduating high school. Um, they're both like you know typical kind of nerdy maybe alternative air quotes i'm making air quotes for the listeners at home and it's like on their their they've gotten to their dream colleges it's their last day of school and they realize that everyone else also got into their dream colleges which i really like that take these people they they had sacrificed so much these girls they were like they didn't go to parties they you know really worked hard they were really heavily involved in school and then they realized that all those people who they thought were like wasting their time were actually working hard, studying, and still got into the colleges they want, having, I don't know, let's not call it a better high school experience, but maybe a more traditional and one that they kind of were a little bit envious of. So they decide they're going to go to like this big party and um, hijinks ensues. Uh, yeah, uh, that is maybe a bit of an understatement on hijinks. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, and like, I think this would be the point where I'm like, if you haven't seen it, I, I would actually really suggest you go see it and just Absolutely. kind of take it at its value because it's, it it definitely surprised me i did not expect for it to be as good as it was so um i'm not telling you to stop listening i'm just saying pause and watch an hour and 40 minutes of a movie and then come right back absolutely yeah don't spoil don't spoil this for yourselves go in yeah. go in cold enjoy it i actually this movie made um and i can't remember who it is someone someone fancy i don't know rotten tomatoes total film someone big in the film industry's list of best comedy of the decade and it was it's it has like about 80 percent on rotten tomatoes it had like a wide release but obviously not a very well publicized release it, it kind of came out uh, in line with a lot of those other oscar films so i guess people just weren't really going and there was some other comedy that came out at the same time i didn't do badly by the way not by any means but i think it's like for how good it is and for how good these kind of movies can do so it's very much like a female super bad is probably a good way to explain it. And that's exact. that's exactly what I was going to, I have it written down here. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a female equivalent of super bad, but it's, it's, it's smarter and, and better. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think better made with better performance. The performances are unreal. Um, so the lead girl, Molly is played by um, Binky, Binky Felstead. Is that her name? I, Should I pronounce her second name two, right? Uh, Beanie Felstein. Beanie Felstein. Oh my god. I'm so bad at names. You know, when you've only seen names written down and you've obviously decided how they're pronounced, then you never yeah. ever even read them and leave out letters. But anyway, she's Jonah Hill's sister. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. She's Jonah <laughs> Hill's younger sister. So it ties in really well to the oh, whole... Um, god, I didn't even know that. That's, that that's... must be the funniest family. Like... Oh, that mom was hate going to premiere. <laughs> But she was also in Lady Bird. So here are all here are all these amazing points about this performance. So it's Jonah Hill's sister. Should we we should turn it around? We should make it that Jonah Hill is lucky enough to be her brother now. But also she was the best friend in Lady Bird. Ah, I see. Um, what I'm gonna do is uh, this is gonna be my definitive point to tell people go watch this movie. <laughs> and if you're still here, we're gonna spoil the movie, okay? Absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it. But I, I suppose yeah, okay. 
people, those people, those, hey, those losers are gone. Can you believe them? They've never seen Booksmart. God. But um, yeah, and I, I don't know if you'd mentioned there about the budget, but yeah, so the budget of this was 6 million, but it made 24 million, which is like, if you increase, like usually what they do with budgets in, in, in cinema is you take the actual budget, how much it costs to make, which in this case, about 6 million. And then you like double that for advertising, but it's an indie movie. So it probably didn't spend 6 million on advertising, but still it made like it. nearly doubled its money, which is fairly impressive for anything, any movies. Yeah. Like, and it also launched Olivia Wilde's kind of directorial career. Yeah. I think one of the more interesting things she's coming up to do now is spider woman she's she's directing that and one of the writers from this is also coming with her to do that i think i think so but also it should be pointed out it is untitled marvel project might be spider woman they have lots of room to change their minds okay sorry sony sorry for making assumptions on that sorry untitled marvel sony project i wonder what it could be and she tweeted out a picture of a spider or like an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> you can only imagine. Uh, but but yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I was, again, I'll just reiterate how much I was surprised. It was smart, funny. The performances, let's just run through the performances because I thought the performances were yeah. honestly so, so good. And um, Bernie felt, fe- look, Ber- Beanie, I'm so sorry I'm butchering your name. Look, come her on. Name pop- is, her first name is actually Elizabeth. Why the hell am I? Known as Beanie. Oh, come on. Okay, we're gonna call her Elizabeth then, just to make my life. No, no, we can't do that. That's just so rude to someone. Be like, this is the name I go by, and we're like, nah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like a nickname. I'm gonna call her Liz. It's a nickname. It's short for Beanie. <laughs> Beanie Feldstein. Yeah, Liz. It's a nickname. So Liz <laughs> and Caitlin in this uh, are the two main girls, I think. And one of the interesting things I was looking up the trivia from this, but Olivia Wilde actually made them live together for ten weeks. So they could build up the rapport to like be friendly or whatever. And that really came through on camera. I thought like they, you yeah. honestly would have believed they were the best friends in real life. And I just thought it was such, I don't know where to go. You, you lead this because I'm just going to keep saying it's great. It is great. It's so great. And the like supporting cast is stellar as well. Like each person, every time uh, I, a new character came on screen, I was like, oh my God, I know that person. How do I know that person? Oh, they're and then they were great. So we've got um, the teacher, Jessica Williams. She's Miss Fine. She's in, um, oh, I'm going to get the movie wrong, the romantic comedy she made with Chris O'Dowd. Uh, the Incredible Jessica James, that's it. Which is meant to be really, really good. And then there's Jason, Jason Sudeikis as well. Sudeikis. 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 That's the Sudeikis? one guy I didn't know. Jason Sudeikis. He, he's like Olivia Wilde's ex-husband. Yes, only recently ex-husband. Yeah. He was not her ex-husband at the time they made this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lisa Kudrow. Oh my, at least Kudrow and Will Forte both as, and they gave great performance, like just even the smallest like lines were so well written for them. Uh, the yeah. dad like has, he, the dad has like, it, like they're like this, what it, it's implied they're quite religious and the daughter is a lesbian and obviously they're not too comfortable, like they, they love their daughter, but they're not 100% comfortable with it yet. And there's this scene where she, they, they it's her, their graduation and he's made, I wish I wrote some of them down, but he, he, he's prepared all these foods, yeah. like foods that are like graduation themed. And like, you can just see the hurt in his eyes when she has to go out. And it's just, it's so good. It was so good. But also like, so the, um, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say she steals the show because the other performances are so good, but Billy Lord. Gigi. Oh, Gigi there, so there's, there, I have never enjoyed a character as much. And yeah. I wrote this down as well, that apparently it's funny enough. Gigi is only three years younger than Jessica Williams, Mrs. Fine, yeah. which I think is a bit bizarre, but apparently the screenwriter kept writing 
more and more lines for uh, Billy Lord's character Gigi because of how funny she was. And I don't know if she was meant to keep popping up. But so for anyone who hasn't seen it and decided to keep on listening, I'll explain that what happens in the movie is there's this uh, there's this like rich kids um i don't i can't remember his name and like he's got this bizarre jared. Fr- jared and he's got this like wacky friend called gigi and she's just i i can't describe it she's just for for full context so as i said they're going they decide the girls decide to go to this graduation party because they decide they're gonna live a different a different kind of high school experience for their last night but because they're not really in with the clicks they don't know where the, high, the big high school party is they um see it on everyone's like instagram lives and stuff and they're trying to get there so they end up in a few different parties <laughs> the first one is um one of my favorites so the as gary said the rich friend jared Gigi's rich friend jared has a crush on molly it seems so on on beanie's character uh and she calls him and he comes he's like i'll pick you up and take you to the best party don't even worry about it but he takes him to his party on a yacht where no one is there but Gigi. <laughs> And in a full catering team, there's yeah. gift bags with iPads, and it's so, and you just know there's no one upstairs. Yeah. And the movie doesn't, and the movie doesn't try and trick you. Like you, you know there's going to be no one upstairs on the boat, but you, you're not ready for the full catering service, the iPad giveaways, the like the the, the lobster food and everything like that. And Gigi is just there smoking, like uh, assume like you just assume she's doing drugs and she's just having the time of her life. Yeah. Um. But that actor who played um that the rich guy jared so i was watching it and i was like i've seen this kid in something before turns out he's in everything but most importantly he i don't know if you've ever seen psych so it's like a tv show about a psychic detective and he plays the younger version of the main character in flashbacks but he's really young at it he's probably like seven or eight doing the flashbacks so watching him now is like i presume he's only a little bit younger than us i don't think he's particularly young it was just so weird. So I was like, that's young Sean Spencer. Yeah, he is. He's a, pretty much a year and a day younger than I am. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know he's he's also in Vacation yeah. and he's in The Amazing, Spy- Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Uh, but uh, his character is just so good as well. And there's just so many awkward bits. My One of my favorite bits from that um, yacht scene is when he, he gets on the DJ decks and he has the big helmet on and he's just pushed to the side because like so the reason why so there's the two characters the one liz plays and the one caitlin plays and liz is uh in love with like the the like the, the high school jock nearly and like she's trying to get to the party to kind of she doesn't really admit it at first and then she realizes that's why she's going to the party to try and kiss him and caitlin is just wants to you know have a nice easy night she just wants to go to graduation tomorrow she's yeah. going there like i think liz but we should refer to them as molly and amy which is their movie names but their that would make so much more sense easier Jimmy, to follow i'm okay okay fine i'm gonna go with liz and amy no. so so amy amy is going off to like africa she says for like a couple of months and then liz is going to oxford or cambridge yale or she's going to not. yale no yeah I, what are the fancy ones i don't remember she's going to yale and She's like, I need to go, like, go out wild and, like, have a drunk night and go to this party. And it's just, it's so funny how the movie keeps escalating how much they just cannot get to one of these parties. So (laughs) they get onto the yacht and, like, uh, Amy has a crush on one of the girls in school and she kind of is nearly enticed a bit to know she might be there. But, like, Gigi is just just doing all these high prophecies of, like, (laughs) time and space and it's just bizarre. First feeding them strawberries. uh, uh, yeah, and the, the, so the bit with Gigi then is she just keeps coming back 
every party and she always beats them so like she beats them to the party so like there's one so they go from the yacht party to like a costume party yeah a murder to, mystery uh, a murder mystery party sorry and i think then the, la- the last one is like the main party but yeah. like the, when we see her on the yacht she jumps off the yacht and then she's at the like the murder mystery party in full costume and not wet and then like <laughs> then she's also then at like the next party as well she's like their um their guide or something like she appears at different moments and is like do this here is the answer <laughs> i know this so good another thing as well is that i just thought like i remember watching it and you just see the school like the, the one of the very first scenes where the, the school is like it's the last day of school and it's what everyone thinks their last day of school is but never is because never. of these movies but like there's water balloons and there's just like people being like you know shifting in the middle of the hallways and it just it just looked like a nightmare i just saw that and i was like no thank you calling in sick today someone has to clean that up be kind to your janitor. I was like, nah, this is a nightmare. And then even more because like I went to an all boys primary and secondary school. I was like, what is this with the girls in here as well? This, all of this is, this is just Hollywood magic right here. Also, I find it really funny. So obviously in Ireland, there is a very limited amount of colleges and universities. I mean, most people from your school tend to go to the same university as you. Maybe not the same course, but same university. Give or take. If you're in Dublin, they're probably going to go to UCD or Trinity or DIT, stuff like that. But in America, there's just so many colleges. <laughs> there's so many. So they're like, what do you mean you're going to be in college with me next year? That's ridiculous. But I mean, there was, from my year in school, there was maybe 10 of us in the same course in the same college, let alone like having to be on the same campus together. Yeah. And another thing like uh, where it's like America is weird, not America is weird, but like the whole high school thing is like, they all drive. They all like every oh. move, like they always drive. I'm just like, it's like, I only, I like, I only got my license, what, like four years after leaving high school, but yet all these like eight, 17, 18 year olds are perfectly proficient at driving. Well, you can't get anywhere in America without driving though. It's, it's not like here where there's like an actual public transport system. And I'm ringing the klaxon for Lily Nolan was in America for a couple of months back in 2016. But it's, for our listeners right, who didn't listen to the last <laughs> Lily Nolan podcast, she also lived in America. For, that's, so where was it? North Carolina for how long? Might as well just get all the stories out of the way with North there, Carolina, three months. But I worked in a university and every student drove their own Lexus Jeep. Like it was crazy. It wasn't like every student has a secondhand polo. Every student has their own brand oh, new Oh, so you team. went to a fancy college with well, all was, your legs guys. I was a staff member, but it was one of those like fancy colleges, yeah. Okay, I was I, I was nay a student. Um it was a whole other experience. I worked in a lab. <laughs> And another thing actually just about um, how high school is different, I suppose, well, yeah, how the high school was different was that, like, they just casually knock in and chat to the principal played by Jacob Sudeikis and it's having a chat. My principal was, like, up a windy stairs and you had to, like, <laughs> you get by the receptionist and he was up, like, two things of stairs and there was, like, a door. Like, you might as well have to have, like, answered three riddles and also, like... You know, play a large game of chess with movie pieces or something like. Like it was, like it was so weird to see them interact on that level. And then I only realized they did that because there was a fantastic scene where they're leaving the yacht party and they have to call a taxi, and the principal is also the taxi driver. Yeah, it's just so good. And and it had one of the funniest bits in it where Amy's character is like, she's never slept with anyone before, and she's like, oh, what if I, what if I sleep with someone at this party? So they look up like a an adult film video. Yeah, let's say, and they, the battery's running low. They have to plug it into the car's radio, but then also the the principal's like, "Oh, if you want to put your own music on, just stick it on." And then just the the noises of said adult 
film comes on the thing. And what I loved so much now in 2020 is that the principal then goes, oh, are you playing Cardi B? And only that she recently released the song somewhat yeah, related yeah, to that. I just, there was an added value of, ah, this movie, this movie was well ahead of the times. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, there's so many moments in this movie where I laughed out loud. And you know, there is that like, in that kind of buddy comedy, there's, uh, and even actually we talked about it in our last podcast episode with Holiday, when movies rely on like, what we call like cheap early 90s humour, which would be like funny sex moments and like poo and fart jokes. But even anything- He's that talking kind of- about, those are hilarious. <laughs> I'm in the range of like, I'm in the range of cinema ghosts, but I find that immensely appealing. What are you talking about? Super bad is my jam. <laughs> Even when they reference it in this movie, it was so smart and so funny. There is a scene uh, in the last party. They get to the last party and they have a fight, you know, terrible best friend fight, pivotal moment in the movie. They go their separate ways. Uh, Amy, Caitlin's character, goes to the bathroom and there's one of the like mean girls in there. And they end up like making out and it's they sort of are going to have sex and then she drinks something and throws up all over her. So this is interesting. Just just to cut you off there. But it was funny. I, it's I can... like I complained last time, sorry, about the like um diarrhea jokes in holiday, but this was funny. And I don't know why it's different, but it is and it's funny. I don't, yeah, again, I, I get, I get, cause you didn't really see it was coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't something as cheap as if like, well, I guess I accidentally brought laxatives to the party. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen Holiday, don't. And <laughs> I also- Listen to our re- podcast episode on it. Listen to our podcast. We'll get those, get those stats right up. If you're, if you're from anywhere that's outside Poland, Chile or Canada, give it a, give it a red hot listen. But yeah, cause I had to Google- what she drank to make her get sick. Cause I, and I won't back. I was like, what, what is it? So when you, when she walks into the toilet, she's, um, the, the mean girl is like smoking a cigarette and she puts it out in the cup. So she drinks the cigarette. But, and then takes the cigarette and out of her mouth it, and then throws yeah, it. Yeah. Cause I had no idea what it was. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It just felt more earned than diarrhea comparing it, it to holiday. It did. It was like, it was so something that could have happened as well. Like the girls were drinking. They don't normally drink. They're only 18. It's graduation getting sick like you know you'd be on the verge of getting sick anyway and then you drink something that someone's put a cigarette put out in i kind of want to throw up thinking about it i can't believe she she managed to not throw like spew violently all over yeah. the bathroom but it was really good also sorry just while we're talking about the party and various love interests you know the hot guy that um nick yeah i'm gonna say his name is nick i think his name is nick it's um cuba 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 gooding jr's son what I, I do not know any of these family relations for this movie. Well, I was looking up the actors because a lot of them, I was like, I know this person. Like, I recognize this person so much. So I, I did a lot of um, IMDP, as one does. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. Thought you'd like and to know him. Like, well, well, we'll run through. And then the girl who plays Mean Girl is Triple A. No, that's not Triple A. What's her well, name? Triple A is in Good Boys. Oh, that's also a phenomenal movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she's but the sister. Ah, yes. So the girl who plays the mean girl, I think her name is Hope, Hope. maybe? Hope. Mm-hmm. She's in Space Force. Uh, so yeah. that's how I recognize her. She is so beautiful. Like, oh my God. They they had a lot of attractive actors in this movie. They did, they, act, they, they really yeah. did for like a movie that, again, yeah. it's an indie movie. You wouldn't think them to get, to get all the good looking kids. You know, you think they'd all be snapped up for uh, 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 Riverdale and Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> is that still a thing? 
You can think of a second teen drama show. You Come can do on, it. I got this. Is Supernatural still running? I imagine it is. <laughs> it literally just ended. Ah, oh, no. So my reference has gone out the window. Right. I have to think of another one. What's Disney Channel doing these days? Um, It's off the air. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, right. <laughs> it's I, on I, Disney I, Plus I'm, only. I'm going to end this. No, I can't think of anything else. What's another thing that you... Uh, oh, another thing. You know the motivational voice at the beginning of the end who like tells... um. Liz's character all the bad advice that's Maya Rudolph from SNL yeah did not know yeah, that they say that and there's like a a host of SNL alum and their offspring in this there there's so many uh because you got but also speaking of which there's another one the tax the pizza delivery driver Mike O'Brien he was a writer on SNL and then became a cast member for one season and then went back to being a writer and he has a great performance in it and is kind of used as the ex machina of the entire story in that what it's happens so is, good they, they give her they give she finds out they find out that they had pizzas at the party they and then they go to the pizza place and be like hey where'd you deliver these pizzas and then the pizza delivery driver drops them there but then later on no the teacher drops them there but he gives the pizza delivery driver gives him the address yes yes i forgot about gary that. the nuances of this plot are there's, very important. there's a lot of travel there's a lot of commuting in this okay it's hard to remember <laughs> A lot of different people drive them to a lot of different... There are a lot of flips, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turns out that he's like a, I don't know, a murderer or a kidnapper yeah. or something like that. And then they use the bounty or whatever they get, the reward money from turning him in to be able to jail uh, Amy's character out of prison after she gets arrested for the house party. Yeah, it was excellent. And I, I really liked his scene earlier on, long before we knew he was... Um, it's like the something strangler, I think is his name, is his serial killer name. But when the girls get in the car and they try to like um, intimidate or frighten him to give them the location for the party they want to get to, and it's one of the it's I just want to say it's one of the best scenes in the movie, but it's all the scenes are great in the movie, so it's hard to pick a, a favorite where he's just like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "No, don't do that. Don't give me your number. Don't give me your personal information." He's like, "Come on, girl, security, personal safety, and security." Which it's and, I, and it's kind of cool as well when you realize that it's a team of women writing it, also just being like look after yourself like do you know what I mean like they can kind of have that awareness for that just be like don't silly with your information or your location or your, you know look after yeah. yourself don't be like the bo- was... the guy could be a strangler and turns out he was yeah he's like what if I was a dangerous person turns out he was and oh, there was a, and another cool thing about this movie was it kind of wasn't afraid to take risks as well like it has a a better maybe a five to six minute fully stop animated scene that just came out of nowhere that was just perfect yeah. mine like i'm so impressed because i looked up what the these women wrote so there's four women writers um who are sort of listed as the, as the main writers and I, from what i understood from wikipedia you know the source of all knowledge it, it, it kind of like started two women kind of wrote it together and then a few others changed some sort of key elements of it so like for example rewriting the script to make one of them gay and one of them straight and rewriting skip to script changing the turn so it's not like they're like oh we, we deserve a night of wild freedom flipping it on them and they're like oh my god what have we done everyone else has had a great college experience so like they all contributed to different things but it's just amazing like this this script from start to finish is amazing i looked at some other things they did they've made some other good rom-coms but like there was nothing that i was like oh, of course they wrote this but they just kind of i guess like were trusted or kind of got a bit of free reign and made this amazing movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and just to yeah, pick up on that, yeah, so Amy and, uh, in the movie, Amy is lesbian and Molly's straight, but in real life, it's actually the opposite as well, which I thought was kind of interesting. And another thing I had here was that Beanie F- Fieldstein, or Liz, as I affectionately call her, initially read the read the script for another role. 
uh, that was actually written out. And then I feel like the- you're just, are you just reading the IMDb? I <laughs> took notes, Lee. I have some of these prepared from earlier. It's like an art okay. attack, but it's fact attack. Yeah, I'm gonna call it new segment fact attack. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's not even planned. That's improv. So I'm taking that copyright really in the fierce fact, fact attack. Right. A quick fact attack for you, Lily Nolan, is that Beanie F- Liz, as I affectionately call her, was initially written, uh, read the script for another role and was that was written out. So when Olivia Wilde came on to direct, she wanted, uh, she then took Beanie uh, or Liz, as I call her, uh, back to do the lean role of Molly then, which I thought was kind of cool. And other cool things I thought were 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 good about bold about this movie. There's just like a, a really like romantic dance scene out of nowhere that just come like it's just just it's when she, like Liz walks into the party and she sees Nick and there's this whole like waltz scene that's just just the stuff like that that I'm just like that's right and I think that's what elevates it over super bad in that like it it's not just absurd comedies it just has a bit more kind of creativity and a bit more influence and uh from like different movies and such that kind of enhance it it has a it has a lot more heart to it than those kind of movies it's not just about being stupid and making jokes like you really love molly and amy as they're going through this journey and you can really like empathize with them and like um you know it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of it's very authentic as well a lot of the times i know obviously a lot of these actors are older than regular teenagers playing this and obviously it's not all fully true to life about what like a high school experience is but it feels more authentic than a lot of other things you watch set in high school like they're all they're even if say the actors are in their 20s they're trying to make they try to make them look younger like they are actually 18 and how would they actually act and you know they the girls find the address for this party work it all out watching everyone's like instagram lives and there's loads of like actual what's it, I wouldn't call, I'm going to call it found footage but that's not the real thing like steady cam or hand yeah, cam yeah. footage of the party and stuff and it really makes the sort of teen experience look real and I will say like it's one of the only it's probably one of the only I think I think Superbad also probably does it quite well in that you feel like they're all teenagers because I think yeah. the majority of them are except for Michael Sarah, who's probably like 80 years old and has looked like 15 <laughs> for the last 60 but they did a really good job of casting like everyone seems like young even like the two guys who are like running the murder mystery like they're, they're quite mature in performance but also just so like so believable that they're like mm-hmm. 18 or 17 it's so weird i think for a movie to have such minor parts and to have such talent in those parts like i think you'll have a lot of comedies where there's like one kind of you know side character that like steals the show but in this the majority of like even there's a small ca- like there's a character <laughs> small in that he has a small partner not that he is a, is a miniature actor but there's like this small character in it that like has a crush on miss fine and that's just unless it's like a scene where he's spending like maybe it's only like 10 seconds and he's just practicing what to say to her it's just such a good performance and he was probably only on set for like he's probably on set a fair bit to be in the background shots but like in terms of how much he's in the movie it's not a lot but he gave such a solid performance yeah he was the guy who um he was like not going to college but he was like going to be a coder for google or something that was it yeah he was great also um the the detail the like attention to detail in this movie so when the girls are leaving the house to go to the party there's a sign on her door and it says a room of one's own which is a really really famous virginia wolf essay about women needing their own space and how women can like be creative and flourish like there's all these things like tiny references like that that really tie the characters back into feeling very like three-dimensional and authentic and lovable 
I just have that book on my shelf. That's how I know I saw that. And I was like, that's on my shelf. I know what that is. I won that last year at Christmas. You won it? Yeah, I won a book. Uh, this really nice copy. Uh, what did you come last place? No. <laughs> Book for nerds. <laughs> um, there's like a site I follow and they redo, redo covers of classic books and they like gave one away every day up until Christmas. And I won that one. There okay, you are. I'm very sorry for you. There you are. I'm, I'm Book so smart. Got to reference a book a lot as we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Okay. Here I am trashing books. <laughs> Another sign that this movie is not for me. It's like little <laughs> book references here, there. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, there's a few. Uh, but uh, yeah, another thing I wanted to talk about was how it's interesting. Yeah, that that we have you back to. I say we as if there's an entire team. Yeah, I'm going to keep the mystery. There's an entire team that I don't have a split personality. <laughs> there's both editor Gary and performer Gary or presenter Gary. Different hats. Different but hats the, on a wall, and you pick them off. Hats, you know what I mean? Yeah. The it's 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 different to holiday. The holiday we expected that it would. It kind of set up all these tropes, and you thought it would you know, try to subvert them and it didn't. And then this is a movie that sets up all the tropes. It does them, but in a, di- in a way that just feels like you say with a bit more heart, like same thing of like, oh, the, 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 you know, this, this, like the, the nerd for those at home, I'm doing the quotation marks, like the nerd who fancies the jock and then the jock pretends to like her. And then it turns out she does, the jock doesn't like her. And then things like, you know, the, the, the classic BFF portrayal then during the, you know, the buddy movie, and then they have to go their separate ways. And, you know this thing about even the person getting sick on the other person like that's what you'd expect in these movies but it's all done so differently and i think it's because there's different sort like even for the betrayal side of things there's that different redemption arc that it's like it's not like i, don't, I can't even think of an example but it's the fact that she breaks her out of jail and they like go to prom in the car and they bust through the gate and then like she's valid victorian and you expect her to make a whole like heartfelt speech but it's only a couple of lines and just says like I can't even remember, but yeah. it's just, it, it says a lot more than it, you'd probably expect it yeah. for how short it was. Um, the speech is all about her really lo- like discovering that she really likes everyone else and that there, there was a whole world in school outside her is kind of, but I think one of the things, um, just because we were talking about the scene where she uh, vomits all over the girl she's about to have sex with, what, like, not that it, it gets away with the kind of crass humor, because it's not particularly crass, but that scene before that is like really sweet and tender and then something goes wrong and you're like oh we've all been there something's gone wrong probably not to that extent but whereas in maybe the more super bad side of these kind of movies the scene would just be like weird the whole way through it wouldn't be or it'd be like superficial the whole way through as opposed to you know the guy would get to kiss the hot girl and it would be a very superficial moment punctuated with the joke whereas these are like very tender moments um like sweet, a little bit awkward, and then they're made really, really awkward by a joke at the end. <laughs> That's my hot take on this movie. Also, the soundtrack of this was phenomenal. I enjoyed like every song that came on. It was just so. I keep any of kids saying things are so good, but like the soundtrack was really good. It was a great mix of songs. There was even a moment I really enjoyed where you know in like comedies in the 90s and 80s where someone sees like a good looking person and like the time slows down and then it's like a song like Dreamweaver or like something yeah. like that it's like this real like cheesy love music whereas this it was more like a kind of a R&B I don't I can't explain it, it just felt so much more modern what moment like, are you talking about? it's where Amy sees her crush when she's like skateboarding or something like that and then she like bumps into yeah. him there's just a song that comes on there I can't remember uh, off the top of my head but <laughs> I didn't put this one in the notes and I just it's uh it's just it's just this real modern take on it and it was so interesting to hear because even like even for example like a uh, something a movie like a uh, you know like the Lego Batman movie where Batman sees uh, Jessica Gordon for the first time and it's that cheesy music 
Whereas this was just so much more modern. It's like, ah, this seems like such a, it's the same idea, but it just kind of modernizes a bit more than I haven't seen other movies do recently, which yeah. I thought was kind of the, interesting. So the music was just super. Oh yeah, the music is superb. It's got some of the, like, some of my favorite songs as well on it as well. Um, that song, Open by Rai, uh, it plays when, you know, when they're at the party and it's like, as she's kind of like walking around to go get in the pool. God, that pool scene is shot really, really well as as well. When she's like, just um, Amy's like really kind of, she's following her crush around, but then she's just really enjoying like a little, like being in this party in this world by herself, having a good time swimming in the pool. And it looks, um, it's shot really well and it looks unreal. I didn't expect it. That's something that happened. There's loads of like, like you said, with the, um, the claymation kind of, the dolls, the animation. It's not claymation, is it? Not even a little bit. Animation. <laughs> they're, like bar- they're like Barbie dolls. Yeah. It's like animation made to look like claymation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when that, like there's loads of different random film styles that appear in this. There's like the the pool, that really cool pool swim scene. There's that scene when, when the girls become Barbie dolls. Um, there's the like kind of almost like music video shots of them driving to graduation. It Like the style of the movie is brilliant as well. Which only makes it so much more impressive that it's Olivia Wilde's first movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I understand why she got tapped for that Marvel thing as well now. Although people were saying um, what a, like it's almost a waste to go and do something when she could do something maybe with more harsh in like a different... If she, if she went a different direction instead of just going for the big money Marvel movie, Marvel Sony movie, sorry, that she could make a lot of... Um, like a a lot of better like she's got a lot of good stuff still in her i think as a director true and i think but it's one of the things probably the reasons why this movie wasn't as well known as it is is because it was her first movie and because there was no major name talent attached but if you look at something something similar just when you were speaking there it reminded me of uh, taika watiti he had done nothing of major regard before thor he didn't like the hunt for the wilder people and what we do in the shadows to movies that people were aware of maybe on a more cult level but then he does Thor he brings his own style to it it's regarded one as the one of my favourite MCU movies outside of like the Avengers oh absolutely yeah and like he brings that style to it and then he goes off and makes Jojo Rabbit and I guarantee you not a lot of people would have watched Jojo Rabbit nor would have that movie probably got made if he didn't do Thor so I think she's nearly she could be right in that you know go do a big temple movie bring your spin to it you know there's not a lot there's a lot of movies like people talk about like you know superhero movies you know that are led by female characters at the moment but like there's not many that are written and directed and starring yeah. as well so if she can kind of get to that and you know bring her take to it i think that'd be interesting and if she does a good job there then it means that whenever she wants to make something as creative or you know intelligent nearly as as book smart it means that she you know she can do that with a with a blank checkbook and kind of go to hollywood with that i think that's a good that's a good point um and as well like it stars two women it's about these two girls journey most of the extras are women most of then the entire writing teams women directed by women and i think it's produced by a female-led production company well it's produced by a production company with the name of a woman in it close i think so i think that look that it's 2020 we're getting there we're we're getting is that is, what's the name Oh, there's a lot of producers on mm-hmm. it. Oh, wow. This producer, Chelsea Bernard, David Distenfeld. I'm going to call them all Liz. So Liz, 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 and Liz all produced this movie. Uh, and, a few, and three of those Liz appear to have female names, and one of those Liz seems to have a Well, Farrell's an executive name, so. producer on this movie, just by the way. I This came up in the credits, and... Oh, 
did you say the production company was? Did you say something Sanchez? Yeah, Gary Sanchez. Gloria Sanchez. Ah, so I I haven't looked this up, but off the top of my head, so Gary Sanchez is a is a production company with uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, who did like they did like all the Ron Burgundies and the Ron Burgundies Anchorman, <laughs> as humans would call it, and um. They did also like the other guys and funny enough, they also are executive producers on Succession, which is only something I realized recently as well. So maybe it'd be interesting to see what the Gloria or the Gary difference is there. I wonder if that's anything to do with. Uh, yeah. So Gloria Sanchez Productions and Anna, Anna Purna Pictures, who made Bombshell, Her Hustlers. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They've got some great movies behind them. So Gary Sanchez Productions is um, the main thing, and it, this is a sister label of that. So Will Ferrell and Adam McKay founded with a focus on female voices in comedy. So it's re- that is really interesting there. So it's a production company made in Hollywood specifically to try and make female comedy. So like you say, it's how much like it's, so it's done. So the films it's done is Oh Lucy, which I don't know, Booksmart Hustlers, Eurovision Song Contest, iconic, the, the story of Fire Saga, uh, the sorry the, the story of Fire Saga. I think that's that's unreal. I didn't it's know that was a done, thing. That's it's also done Dead to Me, the Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini TV show, which is great as well. Okay, oh, wow. wow. Okay, so that's look that's at really this. Cool. Well, that, so I, even though we were talking a bit about like you know unknown writer, unknown director, these are people that actually know like they like these are funny people who own a production firm, uh, company or whatever that are able to actually you know in, you know encourage and support female you know artists in comedy like to do comedies which i that is unreal i did not know it's look you know like i love that people are learning this as soon as i'm learning <laughs> this look no one will ever say our prod our podcasts are over researched yeah 100 percent. but like i like that's i suppose like i like learning things as we go because it's only when we talk to each other that we're actually like oh my god yeah and this oh my god yeah and this and then we look something up yeah. and we all get to go on this journey of discovery together or we pause here lily and we record the whole thing again whole and thing. we say everything as if we knew it <laughs> yeah so what if we pause and transcribe this and then go back and do it again Absolutely. i think so and then be like so lily i don't know if you know this but uh gloria sanchez productions and then i go a whole spiel about that i think that would be yeah. i think that'd be funnier now <laughs> i mean we put a bit more structure on this podcast but we still have to play it fast and loose with our what did you call that them um fact attacks <laughs> Back to tax. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, um, on your brand new Reeling in the Peers Instagram, you should include fact attack graphics about the movies that you're posting uh, podcasts for. Are we going to yes. go all in on that production value? I think we should. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask work for another week off and be like, look, I'm getting absolutely, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting swamped here with fact attacks. I'm going to need to take some time off. What yeah, I'll do something like that. Yeah, I like that. We'll leave, we'll leave this in as well. So people know that we'll either will or won't do it. Yeah, so you got to go follow the Instagram to see if we make good on our promises. At Reeling in the Peers, follow us on Instagram. It's going to be how you find out about new episodes and this one. And I think we've got some other exciting ones coming up. We've got, uh, I think I've got, I've got one with Own coming up. I think there's one with Circa I'm recording as well. And then, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting ones coming up. I mean, as interesting as this, only time will tell. But I will still comment only on my own podcast Instagram posts, saying, "Wow, what a that. great episode." You know, you could have got, I don't know, any of anyone else to do it. But the fact that you did it knows it's coming directly from the source. Yeah, that's how you know it's authentic. They say that, um, you know, when people look for reviews these days, the um, biggest factor of influence is what other people are saying. I learned yeah, that. Yeah, it's, 
it's same. like when James Cameron is a producer on the latest Terminator movie and he says, this is the best Terminator movie. You gotta take him at face value. What if he's right? He could be right. And then you spend however much money on the movie to realize that, no, this is an old man who's spending far too much money on movies with blue people. Mm-hmm. Blue people. <laughs> oh, Terminator and Avatar, it all works out well. What a great joke. I think we have we have talked about pretty much everything in this movie. Like I have another good three hours of me just going, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, I think I think I think with a movie like this, you know, you can't dissect it anymore. Like I think it's just something you got to go watch and just enjoy the laughs. Mm-hmm. I think you know, if I had to pick the best performance, I would one hundred percent say G- Gigi. Who I, also, by the way, I should have called this earlier. She's Carrie Fisher's daughter. I don't know if yeah. I mentioned that uh, or nope. we mentioned that before. But uh, who's just she? Yeah, uh, so she's in a few of the Star Wars movies. But I think that's honestly one of the best performances in the movie. I think I I don't like giving like ratings, but if we can think of a of a rating system, that would be great for this movie particularly, or for all movies. I think I don't know. Much like Fact Attack, it'll come naturally. But I think yeah. I think we'll just say I'll give it. I'll give it. What's a good? I'll give it three LSD strawberries out of three. <laughs> Brilliant. And I will give it three obscure book references out of three. I think that's a good rating system. I think yeah. that'll, that'll definitely hold for a lot of movies. <laughs> I can't wait to review the Santa Claus based on LSD strawberries. <laughs> oh, that's the only way you can review that movie. Absolutely. Have you seen that? It's wild. Okay, right. I think I think you made a good point that this is a good time to wrap it up now. Talking about Booksmart, Lily. Thank you so much for coming on, some back on again. It's been it's been great fun having you on. Pleasure. So yeah, like if you want to listen to more podcasts, you, uh, or you want to just keep up to date with new podcasts, or if I keep my word about doing fact attacks on the Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram at, at Reeling in the Peers. The podcast we're looking to hopefully get it out every Tuesday and Thursday, and that'll be on your Spotify's. Apple Podcast, I think Google Podcast. There's also like other apps. I don't know what people use. If you if you if you use an app and we're not on it, let us know and I will get it. I will try my best. I'll bribe anyone I got a bribe to get it on it. I, I think the others were like Podbean and Stitcher and TuneIn. So there's a load of different ways to listen to the show. If you follow us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, you'll be able to see those things come in as soon as we release them. And I think that's about it. I think that's all the social thing I need to at socials I need to plug. Any any final words, Lily Nolan? Yeah, um, make sure to listen to the podcast that I am in on multiple platforms, please. That really that really ups the viewership and makes uh, just just generally makes for a better day for me. If you have any questions for me or recommendations, please send them only to Gary at Reeling in the Peers on Instagram. And uh, I think I'll sign off with that. Absolutely. And also just another thing I'll add in there as well. If there's any movies you want us to talk about or Alili in particular to talk about, if you want to make Alili watch another horrific rom-com or anything with anything that just is like trash as books, you can message us at, at Reeling in the Peers. And I will I will make sure that she only comes on to review, I don't know, The Notebook or something. Oh, The Notebook. That works perfect. It's a rom-com about notebooks. Surely that's not a beautiful. Surely that's perfect. I love it. I love it already. Listen, if um, I think that once a movie that Gary and I should review, review, discuss, should discuss in future, has got to be 2005's Pride and Prejudice. No. And a masterpiece of modern cinema. No. If everyone's on board, Gary, no. I'm going to get you to set up an Instagram poll. We're no. going to watch it. No. I have multiple copies of the book, no. so I can lend them to you. No. Um, but also, I'm reading Jurassic Park, and we've both read Jurassic Park, so I think... Oh, that'd be a good one. We're going to, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll keep the book theme going. We'll see. 
We'll see. Oh yeah. Okay, we could do that. Or well, only if there's only if there's a movie called Two Pride, Two Prejudice. <laughs> I'll watch that one. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, starring Lily James. Okay, you've sold me on that. I'll watch that. 100% I'll watch that instead. That, yeah, I will do that. Or, or there's only three ways I'll watch Pride and Prejudice. One, if it's called Pride and Prejudice v. Zombies. Two, if it's called Two Pride and Two Prejudice. Or three, if it's called uh, Pride and Prejudice 2 Electric Boogaloo. Those are my only three ways I will watch a Pride and Prejudice movie. I think only one is feasible. So I think we'll go with that option. Lily Nolan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening out there. And we hope you enjoy. Goodbye. I'm